everyone. Uh, my name is Devin Thorpe and I'm a Forbes contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing and I'm excited to have with us today an extraordinary guest. We're really fortunate to have with us today John Hugo, the General Secretary of Rotary International. John, thank you very much for joining us. Devin, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's really an exciting time uh, in at Rotary because of your 30-year effort to bring an end to polio around the world and uh, a tremendous milestone was just notched last week as I understand it. Did the, did the World Health Organization in fact certify the uh, Southeast Asia region as polio free as we'd anticipated? Yes they did and that's a tremendous achievement for the you know global polio eradication um, initiative. Uh, 11 countries were, were certified as polio free including India and, and uh, getting India to be polio free particularly was an incredible achievement because by getting polio eradicated in India it shows that we actually can get the job done, will get the job done and eradicate polio uh, forever. Well it is just a remarkable achievement uh, having been there recently to do a story uh, about this uh, as you see the open sewers and the massive amount of, uh, of people and, and the challenges, I mean it just really is a, an amazing uh, accomplishment. I congratulate you for that. Uh, so are you feeling like we're on track to be polio free globally in 2018? I mean we're definitely on track and I think the uh, the overall polio story is a truly you know truly extraordinary story you know um, in 19 uh, what's interesting is this is probably one of the more successful uh, public-private partnerships in the history of of global health and this is an initiative that really uh, began with Rotary in, uh, in 1985 where Rotary International, a nonprofit organization, not a government agency, not a multilateral institution, had the, you know, what I think is the audacity uh, to say we are going to eradicate polio from the face of the earth. And as you know, Devin, there's only one other disease, uh, human disease, that's been eradicated and that was, that was smallpox. So 1985, Rotary took on this uh, this challenge. In 1988, you know, we were joined by the World Health Organization, uh, by UNICEF and the Center for uh, CDC in, in Atlanta. And it's an extraordinary story. We had uh, 125 countries that had polio when we started, and we're now just down to three where the disease has never been uh, never been stopped, and that's uh, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and, and northern Nigeria. Uh, and also, we've been recently joined by the uh, by the Gates Foundation uh, as an additional, uh, very important player in the polio effort. So this is an incredible story, Devin, and we're on the verge of making history. And that's why this uh, declaration about the World WHO that uh, Southeast Asia has now been declared polio-free is an incredibly important step uh, in the right direction and getting us to a polio-free world. Well, it, it it is just exciting. And one of the things that I want to try and point out here is that we are really close. When we talk about 2018, really what's going on is that the, the global uh, polio eradication initiative wants to get this uh, declaration from the World Health Organization in 2018 that the world is polio free. To get that we'll have to have been three years without a case of polio which means 2015 is the last year we're allowed to have a <laughs> A, a case of polio, isn't that right? That's right. I mean, the eradication process is really a two-step process. The first is to stop the transmission of the wild polio virus 
in the world. There was no cases uh, up here. And then thereafter, for three years, you continue to vaccinate and you continue to monitor just to make sure that you've really that you've really snuffed out the virus. And then after that three-year period, you then certify the world is polio-free, uh, as we did with uh, as we did with smallpox. So it's a two-step process. As I mentioned, there's three countries uh, left where the uh, wild transmission of the virus has not been not been stopped, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and, and northern Nigeria. We have had outbreaks in, in other countries that, uh, throughout the world, uh, and that's not surprising. That virus all, and the virus in those countries all originated from one of the three uh, endemic countries. But yes, it's a two-step process, and by 2015, we've got to stop the virus, and then three years' worth of continuing vaccination, surveillance, and monitoring, and then uh, the plan is in 2018 to, uh, to make history and uh, declare polio eradicated uh, forever. The, it really is just a, a monumental effort that's cost uh, billions of dollars and even just this last five years of the fight will cost uh, on the order of five billion dollars, isn't that right? Yeah, we'll need about five and a half billion dollars to get us through the, the finish line. We've raised about four and a half billion from uh, various organizations and from governments, but we are still um, a billion dollars uh, short to get us across the finish line. That's why it's extremely important for everybody to rally around this cause. Uh, nonprofits, uh, Rotary, for example, we as an organization have contributed over $1.2 billion to the effort uh, since 1980, uh, 1985, and that's not even counting the hundreds of thousands of volunteer hours that Rotarians have put in around the world, uh, vaccinating children, working with governments, advocating for polio eradication, advocating for increased funding for uh, for polio. Uh, but to really get the job done and close that funding gap, we this is really an appeal to the G20. Uh, we really need the G20 to step up to help us come up with the, uh, with, the, with the remaining funds that we need and, again, help us to make history and eradicate this disease. It is very important, Devin, that we do eradicate it. One, because we've invested so much into this effort, and it would be a shame to lose that, uh, that, that, that investment. You know, we're down to 400-some cases last year. We have a little over 40 cases this year. So we're really, really down to the, uh, down to the wire. But it's that funding that we really need to, we need to close that funding gap. And we also need to have the political will, the political will in Afghanistan, Pakistan, and in Nigeria, the last three endemic countries, to really get us, uh, get us across the finish line. Uh, and again, the, the, the savings over the next uh, generations by eradicating polio are, are significant. In fact, we're going to have 40 to $50 billion in healthcare savings, it's estimated, over the next 20 years if we're able to eradicate this disease. Uh, and that's very important because that's 40 to $50 billion that can then be reallocated to other diseases such as malaria, HIV, AIDS, TB, uh, etc. So even if your cause is not polio directly and you're interested in other significant global health issues, you really should care about polio because eradicating polio will free up a lot of resources that can then be redeployed to some of these other challenges and also sets the stage for the next global health uh, initiative. So what are the lessons and the legacy of the polio fight? I hate, I hate to imply that it's time to take a victory lap, but there's so much done here, so many lessons already learned. Uh, you can see the finish line from here. What, what, do you, what are some of the takeaways? From this experience. Well, I think one of the one of the one of the, one of the uh, things about polio that made it possible to eradicate this disease is that uh, it was the development of the oral uh, polio uh, vaccine. There are two types of vaccine for polio. One is the injectable form, and the other is the oral uh, vaccine. And the beauty of the oral vaccine is that anybody can be a, a vaccinator. So I understand you were just uh, recently in India on a national immunization day. Uh, and so you, uh, not a medical professional, was able to go to India and to vaccinate children. It's very simple. 
a vial of vaccine, two drops in the mouth of a child, and you vaccinated that child against, against polio. So it was a disease that um, we had a great uh, vaccine for, and it allowed non-health professionals to get involved in this effort, which of course then expanded greatly the pool of people that are able to vaccinate and made the, the process much more cost-effective and much more, uh, much, more, much more efficient. But I think the real lesson learned here is the need to persevere. I mean, Rotary started uh, in 1985 in this challenge. We didn't think it would take uh, 25 years, but eradicating a disease is very, very tough. And in the case of polio, it's really three viruses. Uh, smallpox was one. But polio was three viruses, type 1, type 2, and type 3. So you really needed to have a vaccine or a combination vaccine that dealt with three, three viruses. We've now eradicated uh, the type 2 virus. Uh, type 3 hasn't been seen uh, for over a year, and we're really down to type 1 is the last circulating virus that's, that's out there. But the key here was perseverance, staying with it, not giving up. And that's, I think, the real lesson that's learned here. In other words, you have a vaccine that works, that's easy to administer, and it's being backed by a worldwide effort not, uh, where nonprofits and the governments and multilateral institutions teamed up in a partnership and had the wherewithal to stick through it over the last 25 years to get us to the verge of making history. What, is the, what are the things that you look back on now or, or look at in this process, the history of the fight? And what really inspires you? What are the takeaways that you say, wow, that's just amazing? Well, I think on a personal level, just like you, I've participated in these National Immunization Days. And I remember when I was in, in India uh, a couple years ago for an NID, and it was the first one I'd gone on, uh, it was extremely moving for me uh, to hold a child in my hand and to be able to administer two drops and say, with that simple act, I have kept this child from suffering this terrible disease called, called, called polio. So I think anybody who's been involved in the effort, anyone who's seen children with polio in countries, seen children dragging themselves across the street, anyone who's seen that and then realized that through that simple act of giving the child two drops, you're preventing that sort of suffering on a personal emotional level, it's extremely uh, it's extremely, uh, it's extremely, extremely touching. So um, again, it's been an extraordinary effort. We're very close to eradicating this uh, disease. What we re need right now is close the funding gap and the political will in the in the three remaining in, uh, endemic endemic countries. And I think we will get there and uh, and make history. So let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of what what is left to do. Uh, what's going on around the world? You know, people I think lose track of this. But we still immunize children in the United States against polio, right? It's going on all around the world. Every child in the world should be immunized against polio, right? No, absolutely. Just, just because polio has been eradicated in all but three, uh, three countries uh, does not mean that the rest of the world sits back and doesn't have to vaccinate because the virus doesn't recognize borders. And so all you need is a traveler from Nigeria or Pakistan or Afghanistan or in, in countries where you get occasional outbreaks traveling to the United States and the virus is now in our in our country so the whole rest of the world needs and has been continuing to vaccinate their children uh, in order to prevent uh, outbreaks in the in the countries where it's been it's been it's been eradicated so that's why it's extremely important to eradicate this disease because once you've eradicated it nobody needs to uh, be vaccinating anymore which is you know which is what we, we need to continue to do now until we get the until we get the uh, the job done. Uh, the other challenge you know of course you face with polio is that uh, only one out of every 200 carriers of the virus um, manifests symptoms of polio. So for every 200 people that are carrying the virus, 199 are silent carriers, uh, which also is a challenge when you try to uh, when you're trying to eradicate this disease. Some of the other diseases you get the virus you you know you've got a 
you're going to you're going to manifest symptoms, and then of course you can ring fence that area, go in and vaccinate, and stop the spread of, of that particular disease. But polio is particularly challenging, not only because it's three viruses, but because only one out of every 200 uh, people who carry the virus uh, manifest uh, symptoms, which again is again a testament to the extraordinary work that this effort has done. That you know, facing three viruses, facing a virus that uh, 199 out of 200 don't manifest the symptoms. We have gotten this far. It's an extraordinary uh, achievement and it's an extraordinary example of what determination, doggedness, and perseverance in the face of a global health issue, uh, the results that one can achieve. Well, it is just uh, amazing work. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about the roles and responsibilities. You've talked about the teamwork across organizations, government, multilateral organizations, and, and uh, and, and government, what is the role specifically of nonprofits like Rotary in this fight? Well, we've played a very, very important role. Is one, of course, we we played the role of uh, of kicking this whole process off, and that's something we're extremely proud of. Uh, but we've actually three three fundamental roles that we as a nonprofit have played, and other nonprofits have played. One is um, is fundraising. We have, as I said, contributed over 1.2 billion dollars uh, to the effort. The Rotarians have been extremely generous over the years in contributing to the effort, and of course, our funding is used uh, for for a myriad of of activities related to the polio eradication uh, effort. The second thing that we do is we are very effective advocates. Uh, you know, we have 34,000 Rotary Clubs around the world, 1.2 million members. 70% of our members are outside the, uh, the United States. And so uh, I like to say there's not one politician in the world who doesn't have a Rotarian as a, as a constituent. And so we've been extremely effective through the years of working with governments, uh, advocating for funding, advocating for governments to politically support the effort and to get behind the, the eradication efforts. So that's the second thing that we do is, is effective advocacy. And the third is boots on the ground. Uh, just as you as a Rotarian uh, traveled to India to help in the vaccination effort, I did the same thing as a, as a Rotarian. Uh, Rotarians have spent countless hours in the field vaccinating children, particularly the Rotarians in the countries where you have polio. Let's take India, for example. Uh, local Rotarians played a huge role in going into communities where they're living and, and, and working and working with local community leaders to, again, support the vaccination effort. Because in many uh, of the regions in India, particularly where you have low literacy rates, there was a lot of cultural resistance to the, to the vaccination effort. And so that's where Rotarians, as local community leaders in India or in any country for that matter where there's a, where we're working on the polio effort, can go in, work with local community councils, work with local religious leaders and help turn the tide and help create a culture of accepting the vaccination effort. So it's fundraising, it's advocacy, it's boots on the ground and local community work. Those are the three key things that Rotary has brought to the process and that other nonprofits can uh, as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, philanthropy and I realize it's a, there's a close parallel but as you think about the role of Bill Gates and other philanthropists in, in the polio fight, where, where does the money need to go now in the next few years and, and, and then think about this perhaps in a broader context of how we can deploy, how philanthropists can play in really solving big world problems like this going forward? I, th I think philanthropists can play and have played a, a huge role. As you mentioned, the, the Gates Foundation is now an extremely important partner and player uh, in this effort. And, and, what, uh, and what Bill Gates brought to the table 
was was we really needed uh, we were in a funding a funding crunch and so he brought his significant financial resources but he also brought new thinking he also brought a a, um, a new 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 approaches whenever you have a new partner join uh, join the cause uh, you know they bring new fresh ideas which is extremely extremely helpful um, we recently wrote and Rotary signed an agreement with the with the Gates Foundation where they will match two to one. Uh, every dollar that Rotary spends over the next five years uh, for polio er eradication. That's a tremendous leveraging uh, tool that, that the Gates Foundation has provided to us as our, as our, as, as our partner. And so just a small example, I, um, the group of Rotarians, we rode in the Tour de Tucson uh, bike ride uh, last November. It's a 111-mile ride in Tucson in, in November, and it's a probably about 9,000 riders participate, and it's a huge fundraising event for the organizations who are there. And uh, the Rotarian group raised about $750,000 in that one ride alone. Well, that immediately became two point. Two million dollars with the two-to-one match that we have with the with the Gates Foundation. So the leveraging effect of that incentive that uh, that we have with the Gates Foundation is is a tremendous tool to get us to the uh, to get to the to help close that funding gap that I was talking about. But philanthropists can play a huge role as catalysts, as promoters, as financiers in the process, in the private sector as well. I mean that's one area where I think we you know I'd like to see greater engagement. Uh, by the private sector in this in this effort, I mean, we've got strong NGO participation. We've got good philanthropists and foundations participating. We have governments and multilaterals. Uh, I'd certainly like to see the private sector step up more, get engaged in this process, and help us uh, with the myriad of challenges that we have left uh, in, in terms of eradicating this disease. What do you see as being the opportunities for business to participate in this role? Entrepreneurs, investors, uh, corporations. How how do they play? And contribute in a way that that works for them. Well, I think you know one of the one of the one of the keys when I talk to the private sector is that you uh, those that are working in countries that have you know significant global health issues is that your businesses will thrive when you have a, th a healthy a healthy population population that's literate population that's not dealing with disease and facing the burden of the healthcare costs of, of the various diseases that many of these countries uh, face. And so it's it's in it's in the private sector's interest to work with the NGO community, multilateral institutions and governments to ensure that you have a healthy, thriving population. But on a broader level, I'd say there's five reasons why, again, I mentioned this earlier, one would be interested in eradicating polio regardless of what your interests are in the global uh, health uh, field. One is to eliminate the suffering of all of these children. We had over 300,000 cases, 350,000 cases per year in 1985 when we began this initiative. That's a lot of children that are, are, are we're suffering and a huge burden on society to have that many uh, polio victims. Again, we're down to uh, a little over 40 cases uh, this year. So one, to stop the suffering of children, not only for our times, but for forever, really. Secondly, uh, it's a disease that can be eradicated. We've proven it. We've gone from 125 down to three. We got the right vaccine. We got the delivery mechanisms. It proves that it, it it can be done. Three, as I mentioned, the healthcare savings, 40 to 50 billion dollars over the next uh, 20 years will be saved if we eradicate the disease. And then two other issues which are extremely important that go beyond just polio. One is through the polio eradication effort, we've been able to develop a very robust delivery system. And so. Other health interventions can piggyback off of what's been established for polio. So it's not just going in and vaccinating against polio. It's measles. It's vitamin A. It's distributing bed nets. And so these health structures 
have been created through the polio effort, then they can be leveraged after polio has been eradicated to uh, improve health deliveries in other, in other areas. India, for example, has an over 90% vaccination rate uh, for polio, and yet measles and other uh, routine immunization, you're at 61%. So if we can have some of these other interventions piggyback off of polio, you're reaching, reaching a much wider audience and, and, and population for some of these other health interventions. And finally, why you should care about polio eradication, even if your primary interest is, is another global health issue. is If we succeed with polio, we prove to the world that it can be done. And that then sets the stage for the other major global health initiatives. If we fail, and we won't, but if we were, God forbid, to fail, it's going to be very, very hard to rally the world around another major initiative, particularly given that polio, we had the vaccine, we had the ability uh, to do it. So those are the five reasons, I think, that polio eradication is extremely, extremely important. The One of the things that I observed in India on my visit was the uh, important role that the Indian government had played. And how, what is the role of government in solving these big world problems? It seems to me that they have a maybe a primary role in solving these problems, but uh, clearly they're not doing it alone and some things they're not doing right. How do you, what, what would you counsel governments uh, in, based on the lessons you're learning from the polio experience? Yeah, I mean, government, government political support and actual government action is extremely important. In India, it was critical that the government made this a top priority and stepped up with financing, stepped up with political support, and stepped up with real action. But as you said, Devin, government can't do it alone. It's got to be a partnership. You need organizations such as Rotary. You need foundations such as the Gates Foundation. And you need the multilaterals like UNICEF, like WHO, like CDC, U.S. government agency, work together as a team to deliver the results that you want. Now, one area, one issue that we are facing now, which is becoming, which is a problem, and that is security. In the three endemic countries, Nigeria, Pakistan, and Afghanistan, we have security concerns. You know, to be successful with polio, you have to get to the children. You have to physically get to the children and vaccinate them. And in these three endemic countries, there are pockets that are obviously uh, where security is a, is a huge issue. We've had vaccinators killed in, in Pakistan. Um, uh, and so that, that is a problem. So one thing the governments can do uh, immediately is to really focus on the security issue to allow the vaccinators to get in and to vaccinate the children in these uh, war-torn uh, and conflict, uh, in conflict areas. And what's interesting is on the conflict piece, Devin, is that we, this is not the first time we faced this in the past. In other countries, Sri Lanka, El Salvador, we faced the challenge of how do you get into war-torn areas and vaccinate the children. And in those countries and others, we were very successful in putting together what we call days of tranquility, where both sides that were competing, uh, that were combat both sides, both combating groups, uh, uh, lay down, took a truce for a few days, and let the vaccinators go in and vaccinate the children. And of course, that period of cooling off to allow polio vaccination to occur in many cases, created the link for the warring factions or the warring sides to begin a dialogue, which eventually led to, led to, led to peace, for example, in El Salvador and, and Sri Lanka. So that's an additional benefit uh, of, the, of, this, of this vaccination effort, is you set up these days of tranquility, and that very often opens up the communications channel, which then allows for broader peace uh, to occur in that area. But security is a big problem now, and uh, in some of the countries, we will deal with it. We've dealt with it successfully in the past. But to your question about what governments can do now in those three endemic countries, money, political will, 
and sort out and help uh, deal with the security situation. Well, that's a great, a great insight, uh, John. It's just been uh, tremendous to have the opportunity to to visit with you uh, about this. Uh, just a, a fountain of knowledge. Again, I congratulate you for the good work that uh, you and Rotary have done. Uh, Let's make sure that the people who are watching uh, today understand how they can help and what they can do immediately. Let's make this as actionable as possible. What, what's the thing you most want them to do and how do they do it? I'd say there are three or four things I would urge people to do. One, write to your congressman, write to your senator from the United States. If you're from outside the United States, write to your politicians, particularly if you're in the G20, and urge them to step up and come up with the funding that we need to close this gap to get us to the 5.5 billion and get us to polio eradication and certification by 2018. Secondly, I'd urge you to, uh, to, to reach out to your local uh, Rotary Club. As I said, there's 34,000 Rotary Clubs around the world. We are everywhere. Uh, Rotary.org is our, is our website. On the website, there is a, a club finder. Uh, reach out to um, a local Rotary Club and, and through them find out what you can do both locally and, uh, and uh, internationally. Uh, many of our Rotary Clubs sponsor uh, trips to uh, countries to vaccinate children. I would urge, if, if one has an opportunity to go, as you did and as I have had, to go on an immunization day in one of the endemic countries, it, it is a, it, a life-changing uh, experience in many ways. We also have another website if you're interested in learning about the facts of polio, uh, the statistics, uh, the history, and where we are. Uh, npolionow.org uh, is another website that's linked into our Rotary.org website uh, that I would urge uh, people to um, to do. And finally, um, be generous with your with your money. As I said, it's uh, we need to we're very very close, but we need to close the funding gap. Uh, and on Rotary.org or npolio.org, there are opportunities to to donate to the cause, and we'd be extremely grateful for any financial support uh, that we get uh, from anywhere anywhere in the world, because this really is a global. Issue our children, our health of our children concerns everybody. And as you mentioned earlier, Devin, the key point is, even though polio has been eradicated in the United States, my daughter's 21. When I first told her we're working on polio, she said, "I thought that disease was was long gone." Well, it is long gone in the United States, but the only reason it's long gone is because we continue uh, to vaccinate, and that burden will be on the world uh, until such time as we as we eradicate it. So, even though we live in a polio-free country, or you may live in a polio-free country, it's still in all of our collective interests to eradicate disease and then and make the world uh, polio-free for uh, generations to come. Well, thank you very much, John. I appreciate your time and, and uh, certainly echo your call for, uh, for the support you've asked for in those four areas. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, now, uh, let's do some good. All right. Devin, thank you.